Welcome back to 5050 Films. I am going to try my hardest to not sneeze, but I have been sneezing all day um, because I just got back to sea level after being up in the mountains for the weekend, so everything in my body is just all over the place. Plus, there's a ton of pollen here. So Yeah, if she sneezes, we're not going to cut it. You guys are going to have to deal with it. <laughs> oh, we might cut it. It's pretty loud. Anyway, this is, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming for us and our project. But it's not necessarily regularly scheduled for the podcast because we, I think we did like one episode before we started the Oscars project that was just our typical yeah. we choose. And even there were a couple episodes in there in between the Oscars ones where we like quote unquote took a break, but we still watched at least one movie both those times that had something to do with the Oscars. So this is our first true episode like back this is what our project looks like we each chose a movie the one that i chose was Notting hill so we're going to talk about that first this is a classic rom-com it's about anna scott who is this famous actress she's played by julia roberts hugh grant plays the love interest she meets him in Notting hill and they form a relationship and it's basically your standard rom-com with the added element of her fame um and that really is the plot i chose this because it is my boss's favorite movie and i have been meaning to get to it so i finally have watched it and we had some great conversations about it um but what did you think i don't know i thought it was all right you know it was it was it was a pretty good like british rom-com we both ended up rating it entertaining I will say, for me, I am not always a huge fan of fame or famous people being a plot line. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I think it depends. I'm trying to think of if I've watched another rom-com with famous person as a plot line. Um, I think, what was it? Four weddings, two funerals, and someone's bar mitzvah. Or what was the one? What was it called? The Mindy Kaling one. Three weddings and a funeral. Four, four weddings, weddings and a funeral. funeral. That was a TV show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a series, a mini series. Yeah. But originally, it was a movie. I think it's based off a movie. Yeah. And then there's the two movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one's. I think there was a couple of people who were like the famous person relationship in that one. I can't remember. Um, I forget if it was what to expect when you're expecting when there was a famous person as the plot point for the person's mom Mm -hmm. or whatever. You're right. That was all right. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really hate it, but I mean, she is portrayed as like an asshole American, uh, you know, or kind of an asshole American like celebrity. Yeah. Let's just get into that first like her character for me that is the most off-putting part of the movie we both rated this entertaining which i'm not sure if i said already we enjoyed watching it but i'm not sure it's gonna stick with me and the major reason is anna scott julia roberts character i just could not connect with her their romance seems very Contrived. Contrived, yeah. I just didn't understand why they were together. She meets him at the bookshop, and she's kind of like, eh, about him. And then he spills orange juice on her on the sidewalk, and they end up going back to his place so she can clean off. And after that, she seems like she's so annoyed by him. And then she leaves, and then she rings the doorbell again and kisses him. 
And I just, like, did not... And then from then on, they have this on-and-off-again relationship where she's just really cruel to him the whole time. She, like, really yanks him around. And I didn't really enjoy watching that because I liked his character a lot. Mm -hmm. He has this great group of friends who really care about him. He's a divorcee. Like, he's already been through the ringer. He's got a flatmate who is absolutely something else. And I just did not like the way that she drug him around. Yeah, I think Hugh Grant is, like, the... He is, like, the draw for this movie. Like, obviously, Julia Roberts acts her character just fine. She's a great actress. Yeah, that's not her fault. <laughs> but, like, but like, I love Hugh Grant, you know, in the in this movie. And in the other ones, I think, I, I think I've seen him in a couple other movies. He might... Part of me wants to say he's in Love Actually, but I could be totally wrong. He might not actually be in Love Actually at all. But Love Actually is a great movie. But, um... Like, yeah, I he's super relatable, you know, except for the fact that, um... You that find him relatable? Well, he's a relatable character, except for the fact that, that he's, like, somehow not wallowing in full debt living in a, in a part of London and running a bookstore that gets maybe $40 of business a month and is bleeding cash. Yeah, that made me laugh, that's, too. He that's runs... the classic, like friends slash how i met your mother debacle yeah. although this movie was before those i'm pretty sure um just in that like how are you people alive like what do you how is your job paying for this <laughs> you know yeah he runs a bookstore that's specifically for travel books and it is you see like three people come into this yeah. store and like having been to london that is a bookstore that you might see but like also you know that's not really that's like something you run as a passion project outside of your like investment banking business right like you know you don't you don't make a shitloads of money selling travel literature especially i mean now obviously that would be totally totally wouldn't work at all but like perhaps in the 80s or the 90s that would have worked because it's like pre everyone's printing off you know travel blogs from the internet and shit like that so that could be useful but i don't know <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was just a big juxtaposition between both of their characters, and in my opinion, it didn't really seem like they belonged together, because they were just very much in different mm -hmm. places mentally, even. Like, obviously, their lives are very different, but they also just did not seem to be in the same place in their heads. There were a couple of humorous moments in this movie that really made it great. Some of the ones that stand out to me are he goes to see her at the hotel and she has called she called and the flatmate answered the phone and he just forgets to tell him about it for a few days so he thinks that he's not going to hear from her again gets a call they agree to meet up at the hotel he shows up and another guy's following him up and it's a very strange scene where you can you as the audience member kind of feel like he feels like what the heck is this guy doing like he's so close behind him and he's there they're doing magazine interviews mm -hmm. so he just gives them the name of the magazine he sees on the table, which is Horse and Hound. And he ends up having to fake interview her for this <laughs> Horse and Hound magazine. So he's just asking her things like, you know, were there any horses in this movie? And the movie, like, takes place in space. 
So he gets through all of that, and he thinks he's done, and he gets to leave, but it turns out there are multiple actors waiting to be interviewed, so he then has to go through... A whole press junket? Yeah, yeah like, just a cycle of actors still pretending that he works for this horse and hound magazine. <laughs> and, and that he's seen the movie. Yeah, and that he's yeah. seen the movie, which he has not. And that comes into play at the very end, again, when he asks mm-hmm. her if she wants to be with him and so. stuff. Um, so that was really funny. His roommate does a lot of funny things. One of the best moments is when he is trying to get Hugh Grant's character to wherever Anna Scott is giving her press conference. He jumps out of the car they're driving and just, like, sacrifices himself to the street and just is trying to stop all of these cars yeah. so that they can get his car through. And these people who are in their cars are not very happy he's doing that, so they keep, like, trying to stop and go hit him as he's trying to direct traffic which was pretty funny can you think of any other i think my favorite part was just before that so he like he had rejected anna scott julia roberts character he had fully rejected her and he was like you know he's talking to all his friends he's trying to get that that second opinion that reassurance that what he did was the right thing and they're all like yeah you know it's it's for the best you did the right thing and then spike his roommate shows up and and he's like what are y'all talking about? And they go, you know, he's he's just rejected Anna Scott. And Spike just looks at him and goes, you doffed prick. <laughs> <laughs> just this, like, the total opposite of what everyone else is like, yeah, no, you did the right thing. Like, the full, like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's and it's crazy that, that at the very end, this guy who has caused so much chaos is, like, the voice of reason. He's yeah. the catalyst. He tells Hugh Grant exactly what he needs to hear, and then they go off and they get to be together, um, which was really great. He and the the sister end up together, and they are, like, made for each other. At the beginning, I thought the sister was going to be with the one friend, because they have their group of friends, and two of them are already married, and then there's another man and his sister, and she complimented him in the beginning. He was what, an investment banker? Yeah. And then eventually gets fired. That's like everyone in London's an investment banker, basically. Yeah. Um, so I really thought they would be together, but then she meets Spike, and they definitely are compatible. They're both a little bit out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was an enjoyable movie, you know? Yeah, I, I had high hopes for it because it is one of those classic rom-coms, and last year we watched When Harry Met Sally. I have a whole list of classic rom-coms I've never seen. I read a fiction book once about a girl who loved rom-coms, and I just pulled a bunch of titles from that of, like, I really want to be able to see these movies. And we both loved When Harry Met Sally. Like, it was one of our top movies of the year. So I was really hoping I would feel that way about Notting Hill. And I I didn't feel that way. I did enjoy it. I love any good group of friends in a movie and I will say that I think I enjoyed that in this movie like at least twice as much as I did the romance mm-hmm. his friends are just really good friends yeah and that's what he's relatable is they're all also realistic friends there's the friend who's like a kind of like a semi-failed restaurateur mm-hmm. there's the friend who's an investment banker who just got sacked because he's not a good investment banker you know there's there's his I don't the his friend who can't cook but still manages to be roped into being the guy who cooks for every single thing and yeah. all of his meals just kind of taste like garbage even though he's like trying to like you know make Cornish hens and yeah. lamb and all this other shit and his wife who's like the one voice of reason his wife who's super chill but she's like you know she's uh, 
paraplegic because she like had a bad fall at some point, so mm-hmm. now she can't walk. And like it, it was like, and his sister who's like a nut job kind of, you yeah. know, and in it, a lovable kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, a lovable nut job, like with the crazy shock red like cut at different lengths. It looks like a toddler did it yeah, hair. Her hair was something was wild. Um, but like, you know, it's just, that's like, I think, yeah, that's why he's so relatable is just because like, he's got friends that everyone would have. Everyone would have, that's like a very standard group of friends. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's got problems, but everybody supports each other, you know, and they're all like, they're all buddies. Um, another funny part is when, so Anna Scott meets his friends at his sister's birthday party. His friend who always has to cook, but can't is hosting and they bring, he brings Anna in and his sister just like absolutely loses it. Like she actually follows her into the bathroom when she's trying to show her. (laughs) And she comes back out and she's like, she, she had to ask me to leave. Like I just like froze. She started unbuttoning her pants and I like didn't know what to do. She, she had to ask me to leave because she was so starstruck. So that was kind of funny too. Those moments because he knows she's famous, but he doesn't really have that. At least Definitely not in the bookshop when he first meets her. He doesn't have that, like... He's not a Star Trek for mm, at all. Yeah, which... And I think that would be why she likes him so much. Is that, that was your theory. Because I was like, I yeah. just cannot see why. Like, why she comes back and kisses him. Because, like, not only he spills shit on her shirt. He's like, I literally live, like, right across the street. The blue door right there. Like, you can go in. You just want to bathroom, change, whatever. And she, like, trusted him. And then he didn't, like, do some weird... Anything, anything messed up, like... And she's just so used to having, like, her shitty boyfriend, played by Alec Baldwin. Who we did not expect to see in this no. movie. <laughs> um, like, young Alec Baldwin. Um, and then, like, and, 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 and he, just, he just, like, lets her change, offers her some, like, food or, you know, a drink. And she's like, no, thank you. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and she just and leaves. lets her go, and yeah. Then, and he, he has no expectations for her as, like, a to be a famous person to him. He's just like, I'm sorry. Some of you you feel like you'd do for anybody if you like spilled orange juice all over him and was right next to their house, you know? And I think he just, just because he's so genuine and so like not starstruck by her, just like treats her like a person. And that's why she like, likes him so much. Yeah. He deserved better though. (laughs) I just, she didn't even tell him about the boyfriend either, which I think maybe plays into that. Like maybe she, she liked that he didn't know she had a boyfriend. And obviously the relationship with the boyfriend is not that great because it's very, like, Hollywood for the press. At least that's how it's yeah. played off to be. So, you know, maybe she liked that he didn't know that about her. I, I don't know. But I just... Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about her. But he <laughs> he was great and his friends were great. It was... I was never bored. You know, it it was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then we had the, the classic line, the I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Um, what's the, what was the classic line from uh, from When Harry Met Sally? I can't remember. I'll have what she's having. No, that's that's one of the classic lines, but it's not the romance line. Yeah, I don't know. I forget what it is. This one is really uh, classic. It's You see it on a lot of things and quoted in a lot of things, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah they, I don't know. They say it multiple times, too. I was almost tired of hearing it, but only the second time, actually. But which time? What? In what movie? She says it, this one. She oh. says it, and then he repeats it. I was like, okay, this is kind of a long line to keep repeating. But, yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was entertaining. We can check another rom-com off of our list. Yes, we can. Let's take a media break. All right.
We skipped the media break last week. So... We did. We might be forgetting some things, but also, like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I just watched The Real Housewives, so I'm sure you didn't miss anything. I did start Sweet Magnolias on Netflix, which is a Netflix show. Um, I, I started because my friend Vanessa recommended it to me, and... It's really nice. It's like giving me One Tree Hill vibes. But I, the second I started, I was like, oh my gosh, this is something my mom would watch. And so I texted her about it, and she has seen the whole thing. So I was spot on there. Um, I just finished Lore Olympus today, which is a webtoon. I got the bind up of volume one from the library. My little sister loved it, and it was really good. I'm excited to read the next one whenever it comes out. I don't think it's out yet. Um, I saw that it's going to be made into a TV show, which would be really cool. It's basically just this modern retelling of a bunch of Greek myths, and it centers around the Hades and Persephone myth, which is has always been my favorite. So it's just like really sweet and romantic, and it's very good. The art style is super cool. I'm about to start Blood and Honey, which is the sequel to Serpent and Dove, which I read last month and really, really liked. And I... I think that really might be it. We haven't really watched much Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We definitely haven't in the past week. Nope. Um, and I really have just been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, do you have anything interesting to uh, talk about? Yeah, I mean, I did hang out with my buddy Paul. We rewatched. Um, well, I rewatched two movies with him. I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail again, which is a classic. Um, and then I watched uh, Red Line, which is something I've seen before. It's an anime movie about Sweet JP, a, uh, a, a you know a car racer, in like this crazy sci-fi world, like sci-fi universe. It's really awesome. Um, you know, it's only like an hour and a half long, and it's super worth super worth a watch. It's it's very fun, uh, and it's nuts. We played drinking games for both of them. Um, I think I'm in, I I think I watched a couple episodes of the league, um, you know, just kind of continuing my rewatch of the la- latter seasons of that. Um, those would have been like like two weeks ago, like during the week we had off of our media break, um, and then I've watched, I think at this point, uh, episodes three through six, so three, four, five, six, yeah, of um, Band of Brothers. Um, which has been very good. Um, I never actually watched. I've watched the first two episodes, but um, like before, like for one for a class and one was I was watching with my buddy. Um, so now, like now, me and my friend Paul are watching all, through all of them because they're just so so well done, so excellent. I saw Jimmy Fallon in one of the episodes as one of the like just a supply officer who was driving a jeep full of ammo to give to the guys, which was hilarious. There were some like there's some some actors just show up. For, like, little bit parts. Like, I think the guy who plays Ross in uh, Friends is, like, in it for a little bit. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an amazing show. It's incredible. Um, and then uh, I've also, at this point now, watched two episodes of a new HBO show that everybody, a lot of people are talking about called Our Flag Means Death. Um, it's about uh, pirates and a guy, the captain who really wants to be a pirate but also really doesn't want to kill anybody <laughs> he's like and he, he's not a reluctant pirate because he wants to be a pirate he's just like very much not suited for the pirate lifestyle for someone who wants to be a pirate so badly 
Um, and it's I, the first few episodes are supposed to be slower than the rest of the series, and he kind of picks up after Blackbeard shows up, like episode three. Um, so I'm really excited to continue watching that. Um, but they're and they're like half hour long episodes, but I just haven't really gotten into them. Into them. Um, I'm also I've been trying to catch up on Critical Role. I haven't read any books. Um, played some D and D with my friends, and. Um, we were still playing Enlisted as the game of the uh, of the month, basically. <laughs> um, we're playing. They they just brought out the Battle of Stalingrad, so we've been playing that. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I forgot the most exciting media update I have, which is that I finished The Circle season two. I actually got to finish it with my friend Gina in person. We had been watching it on the computer. I went up to see her, and our other friend Julie was with us, and we got her hooked. From, I think we had like six episodes left by the time we were watching it. So for the three days I was there, we finished it. I was very happy with how it ended. The person who won very much deserved it. So that is another thing. Probably the most exciting thing that I that I finished. And I didn't even mention it. But. There we go. Hopefully we'll watch some 9-9, change some things up by the time we talk to you next week. But no promises. Have you ever read another book? Uh-huh. <laughs> the second movie we watched this week was Weathering With You, an anime by, or rather released by Toho Animation in um, Japan. Um, it was very good. It had uh, some pretty interesting like visuals. So this is, I think, what CoStar is like the actual production company or Co something. Comix, I think. Comix, yeah. The people who did, or supposedly, I think the, the creator is the same guy who made Your Name, um, which is a very critically acclaimed anime um, anime movie uh, about uh, two people, well, Your Name is two people who, like, they're talking and they're, they're sort of out of time with each other, uh, but they're texting, basically, I think, is how it ends up going. It's, it's very weird and very interesting, and I think somebody, you never, they actually, they never actually... That movie's crazy, and we'd have to watch it together for us to actually talk about it in, cla- or in class. In yeah, class. Yeah, like, this is a class. I'm, too, I'm still in the headspace of, I just talked about intellectual history for like an hour and a half. Fair enough. So this movie is conceptually, if... Weathering it, with you. Weathering, weathering with you. Weathering with you, which in Japan, I think it's called like Child of the Weather or something, but they always change the name a little bit. Um, it is conceptually... If you were to, if you lived in Tokyo and it just rained all the time and it was never sunny, right? Like it's never sunny. So th- there's this concept in it of the Sunshine Girl, who is one of the characters in the anime. She is able to pray and make the sun appear, uh, not fully like get rid of all the clouds, but like to just bring the sun in for a little bit. And so we we follow the protagonist. Um, Hodaka. Hodaka, yeah, Hodaka, um, who, oh, cool, Hodaka, yeah. <laughs> so, Hodaka is the protagonist, he's a runaway, he's from one of the other islands of Japan, um, I wasn't entirely sure, sure if he was from, like, I don't know, one of the, like, Ryukyu Islands down in the south, it seemed like he was from a very rural, very small place, uh, he, t- he took a, a ferry to get to Tokyo, um, to 
just sort of reinvent himself. There's really no explanation for why he, like, fled his parents so hard, I don't think. There isn't. Um, I, you assume that there's either, it's either, like, maybe not a perfect, like, a good situation at home, or maybe he was just, like, oh, no, it, there is an explanation. He's, like, he's, like, running at home, and he decides he wants to hit, he wants the sunlight, right? And that's why he runs away. He needs to see, the, the sunlight goes towards Tokyo, so he needs to follow this, like, beam of sunlight, because he never actually got to stand in it. Okay. It, yeah, it can't. Yeah. It can't be anything with his parents because they do like put out a. Yeah, his parents are like missing. You know, him. missing person. He's got his own reasons for going to Tokyo. It's it's not like a bad situation at home or anything, which was nice actually. It's nice that he wasn't running away from some horrible you know mistake. <laughs> he ends up in Tokyo. Um, he's got like diminishing money, right? He's basically homeless. Right? He's living in like a little rental hotel for a couple of days, trying to find a job. But he's only 16, so he can't be legally hired for anything. He uh, he finds a gun. He gets knocked over by some like they aren't they aren't you know call him yakuza, but he's like a thug guy who who like who runs a scouting business for a club um, for to find girls, dancing girls. Um, and he gets knocked over by that guy, knocks over this garbage can as he, he's like putting stuff back in the garbage can that he knocks over. Uh, he picks up a package that's a Makarov, <laughs> straight up just a gun. Um, and, uh, he, he has, he like, he like takes it. He's like, you know, just like out of like, I don't know why he took it, honestly. I mean, I think most, that's, that's a reaction I felt like I would have if I found a gun in a, in a thing. I probably would have called the police or something like that, but you know, he's a runaway, whatever. Who knows why he decides to keep it. Maybe just for his own, like, for peace of mind protection. He says he thinks it's a toy at some point, although... A lot of people end up saying that. You can kind of tell. It's, it's heavy. Gun, loaded guns are heavy. Also, it didn't um, really look like a toy, and so many no. people in the movie said, oh, that's a toy. Yeah, well, yeah. The, so, he he's, he's homeless. He ends up going to this McDonald's a few times. This, uh... The girl... Um, Hina, the, like, the, like, his, like, love interest girl, the girl who's the sunshine girl, works at this McDonald's for a little bit, and she gives him some free food at some point, and he ends up, like, he's just, like, wandering at some, in Tokyo later, he sees her, she's getting dragged into that, that, like, that same bar by the sketchy dude that we saw lead some girls in there earlier, and he, he, like, Tries to save her because he doesn't think she's, she's. He thinks she's being forced to go into this place, right? Um, and this dude, like, like the the bad guy straddles him. You know, this troublemaker dude straddles him. He's like beating him up, and uh, Hodoka pulls the pistol out and just points it at him. And the guy's like, "That's a toy!" And then Hodoka like shoots it, just like closes his eyes and like fires it and hits a street light or something behind him. And then the guy's like, "Oh!" <laughs> it's at that like shock moment of, "Oh my god, he almost just killed me." And then, so the story develops, he ends up going to work for this guy he met on the, on the ferry, um, who on the ferry looks like he might be really sketchy, but is actually like a pretty nice guy. He's just a, he's a dude that runs kind of a, a story mill for conspiracy websites, basically, as his job. They're just doing little, like, research, and not like, not like full, we're just making it up conspiracy, but like, they're like, you know, kind of working with the whole um, pre-existing Japanese... Uh, mythology of like kami and the different like gods and spirits of japan essentially uh it kind of just works all together and they're, they're doing these stories so he ends up working for um 
working for what's his name? It's a uh, case case K, case K. Suga. Case. His last name is Suga. Yeah. K is his K is part it's, of his first name. It's Case K Suga. Yeah, he goes by K E I. K yeah, um, so he goes by K and and uh, his his niece who at first Horika thinks that it's his his mistress, mistress. Yeah. um Natsumi. They they're. They're working together as this thing, and Natsumi's constantly looking for jobs. She's using this as a stepping stone, and it, you just sort of, sort of see a little slice of life from them. But there's also the magical realism of this this rainstorm that's never ceasing. The only time there's ever sun is when Hina prays for it as the sunshine girl. And there's these crazy like fish falling out of the sky, and this weird like ecosystem in this cumulonimbus cloud that's over top of Tokyo, which is really neat. And it just sort of become. It goes from being like he's trying to find a job to he's he like they start up a business of her being the sunshine girl, and then it sort of culminates in this police investigation because they had CCTV footage of him firing the gun. They think he might be. It was like it was a gun that I don't know. They might have they might have had like uh, arms trafficking sting or something like that. They know where the gun came from, kind of. They didn't find the gun. And he, he, like, abandoned it in a building, in a, the building that she apparently got her powers in, her ability to be the Sunshine Girl. So there's, like, there's this investigation going on, and he they end up finding, like, they find him, basically. They find her. We find out she's not actually 18. She's 15. She's, like, a little bit younger than he is. Um, and they're, and she's, like, been illegally getting, illegally getting jobs because her mother died. She's supporting her little brother, who's, like, a super player. <laughs> <laughs> like a player middle he schooler. Was, he was sweet. Yeah, he was nice. It was, it was great. It was really funny, actually. And it sort of culminates in, like, she has used her power too many times, and she gets, like, sucked away to be in the, to live up in the clouds as, as a sacrifice. It's like the sunshine girl is a sacrifice to let the, the, the good weather come back. And he's like, no, that's bullshit. We're not sacrificing her to, like, to bring weather the weather back to Tokyo. That's ridiculous. And he, he, like, escapes the police. Uh, Natsumi drives him on her scooter. He runs to that abandoned building. And then there's an altercation between him, Keisuke, and, uh, the, police and the police officers. Where he finds the gun that he threw, there, like, threw away there, like, months later. Picks it up and, like, <laughs> like fires a shot into the air because, like, K is, like, messing with him. Or he's, like, trying to get him to go back. And then the police show up and there's this whole, like... Pointing guns at each other's standoff that ends up in, uh, he, like, throws this gun and runs away, and then Kay ends up beating up a cop to, like, get him off of him, and the little, the middle school player shows up, he had, like, escaped his juvenile correction facility by getting his ex-girlfriend to, like, lend him her clothes and wig so that he could escape, because they looked pretty, they looked vaguely similar, you know, which was hilarious. Um, and he shows up, and then he, he ends up, he dives through the same, like, uh, prayer gate that that she had got her powers through. He finds her in the top of the cloud, like, floating through the air, this crazy scene where there's, like, there's, like, this whale made of clouds that, like, eats him. Um, and it's, and they, they, like, he finds her, he brings her back to Earth, and as soon as they get back to Earth, it starts pouring again, and then we get, like, a three-year time skip, and... We find out that like he finishes high school. It's part of his probation. He's not allowed to go back to. He has to part of his probation is that he has to finish high school basically because he's only sixteen. Um, so like three years later, he goes back to Japan and they meet up again. And then the movie ends, which is 
vaguely how your name goes in like just in like vaguest plot terms in order in relationship to in relation to the relationship that they have. But it was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought that the animation was great. What really sticks out to me is obviously a huge point of this movie is the rain and it's raining all the time but they were able to what i vividly remember is the scene where it's just rain hitting the ground but the raindrops have like purple and green and blue inside of them so it's very beautiful and colorful despite this whole theme of it being dreary and dark and that being like a plot device that was beautiful and there was so many just great um settings and there's even a scene where they're on the rooftop and everything the camera pans the quote-unquote camera pans all the way around them which was really really cool yeah i just love i'm a huge fan of magical realism so the concept of the sunshine girl and her being able to pray and bring these tiny spots of light to people was really neat and i just love the way she used it it was always for really good things, and it made her feel really important. She helped, so the the man who has been helping Hodaka and letting him work for him is this guy who's just, like, down on his luck. He was married, and his wife died, and he has a little girl, but she doesn't live with him. So he has Hina pray so that his daughter can have a day to play in the sun. Or there's an older woman that Hina brings sunshine to so she can just, like, sit in the sun for a little bit. It's all for just, like, really good, happy things. To burn the fire to so that her husband can come back during right, Oban, which right. is, like, a spiritual return thing for the dead every year. Right, Kind of like the, like the equivalent of, like, the Night of the Living Dead with, like, or... The is that correct? The Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Night of the Dead's a movie. Um, the Day of the Dead, like the whole Mexico, they 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 come back with their ofrendas thing, mm-hmm. and she's lighting a fire for the Oban so that her husband's spirit can come back and spend time with her. So and she needs not to be pouring rain to do that. Yeah. And it's very it's very nice and very sweet. Yeah. Something else that was touching and kind of funny is that Hodaka is so in awe with Hina's little brother because he can <laughs> get the girls in the middle school that he calls him Senpai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, I, I knew you got a kick out of that. Yeah. That was great. And he refers to him as Senpai throughout the entire movie, which is probably why I can't remember his actual name. Yeah. It was like, it had a G in it, I think. Yeah. It was really cute, though, their relationship. Like, obviously, he really liked Hina, but he also had such a cute relationship with her brother. Like, he was wondering what he should get Hina for her birthday, and, and her brother was like, well, you have to get her a ring and Hodaka takes everything he says so seriously because he's so good with all these middle school <laughs> girls he just he really wants to impress Hina so he's gonna do everything that her brother says and the three of them just were a cute little trio when they were living in the hotel by themselves and he has this whole monologue saying that he wishes it could just last forever if he says a prayer like god if if you give me anything like just don't let this ever stop because it was such a sweet moment yeah. when they were all living together it was a really just cute and ultimately happy film. Yeah. You yeah, it rated was. it as memorable. Yeah. Which, what were you rating it on online? So I, I go on my anime list and I rate stuff whenever I watch a new anime. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10, I think, which for uh, my anime list is very good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I rated it entertaining. I really did like it. I, like I said, I love the art style. I love magical realism. Um, anime is not my first choice 
for format, but I did enjoy it. And I, I find these things are growing on me. Yeah. The more we watch. Like, I now, I think a couple of years ago, if you had asked me to watch a film in another language, I would have done it, but it would not have, like, really appealed to me that much. And now I honestly don't even really think twice about yeah. it. It just does not affect me at all. I think a big part of it is, and we've mentioned this before, we watch with subtitles regardless, which in my house growing up, we never did, but you guys always did. Mm. So Peter is used to watching with subtitles. I remember when we first started dating, it like kind of was annoying to me because I was just not used to having that like extra stuff on the screen. And if we didn't have subtitles on, you would like ask, <laughs> ask if we could. But now like I, I'm sucked in too. Yeah. And that makes watching things like foreign language films so easy. Like I said, I don't even think twice about it anymore. Like when we went to see Drive My Car in the theater, because I'm used to reading as I'm watching now. It doesn't distract me at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they had such good um such good implementation of subtitles in this one too. Like sometimes movies are like very lazily subtitled where it'll it'll have everything that's being said at the bottom of the screen and it's kind of like mushed together, right? Yeah. This movie did you know I mean obviously it's it's a it's a sub Japanese movie. So they have to <laughs> prepare for the fact that there will be subtitles on this movie. So what they did was they had all of the subtitles at the bottom of the screen, but whenever there was singing, which sometimes muddles subtitles in a movie, all the lyrics were at the top right corner. I forgot about Which was that. very interesting. I've never seen anyone else do that before. Um, at least I don't remember anyway. Which is, It was really cool because like, you, you could see like, what the song was saying and what the people were... If anyone was talking during the song, you'd see that as well. Which is nice because I've seen movies before where they just mash this, the... If there's lyrics, they mash the lyrics into the subtitles at the bottom and it just doesn't make any sense because you're like... It's like a jumble of, you know, line, line of lyrics, line of dialogue, and they just like mix it in and it's gross. But this was really well done. Um, I think that we, we, should, we have to watch your name at some point because they do the... This studio is very much um, kind of married to doing crazy amounts of animation for the smallest stuff, right? Like, everyone's face, you know, they're, people were animated, like, in anime, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty standard face, like, face and, like, eyes and stuff like that. Nothing crazy, didn't reinventing the wheel there. But they all, like, every little bit of uh, nature stuff mm -hmm. is, like, animated. The droplets in a puddle you'll see all the little different like mm -hmm. you know the you know like the, the petals the waves the petals the sky yeah the um in your name there is a scene where you see it it's windy and there's a tree <laughs> and it's not just like a blob of tree that's swaying back and forth it's like you see each the leaves moving and when when we first got to that scene i watched that with other friends and one of my friends was like let the animators go home please haven't they done enough? <laughs> because they someone had to animate every single one of those leaves moving in like t you know however many different See, frames. See, you you quoted <laughs> I, I that, quoted and buddy. I I didn't know that you had had a friend say that. You quoted that during the scene I talked about where it pans all around them, yeah. and I thought you were saying you didn't like it, and I was like, what is he talking about? This is absolutely stunning. Like this is some of the best animation I've ever seen, and I had to ask her. I was like, did you? not like that like yeah. what are you saying oh. no it was i thought it was very good um yeah i give it an eight out of ten you know it's, it's not my favorite anime movie i've ever seen but i thought you know like the scale on my anime list is thought it was very good so 
I think that was an adequate score. I would say, as someone who doesn't love anime as a format, that this is a great one where if you do and you want to watch an anime movie with someone who maybe is not as into it, like myself, mm. I think this is a great one. Because the storyline is compelling and the artwork is beautiful. Yeah. So I think that it's pretty accessible. Yeah, it may not be as like whimsically accessible as a Ghibli movie, but it, it does have that... You know, that high degree of accessibility just there's in the some, story is pretty... There's some whimsy, too, though. I oh, think, yeah, absolutely. And I think where that comes from is what we've been talking about with the detailed animation of all the natural elements. Yeah. But, yeah, it was great. I think these two movies are 27 and 28 out of 100 for this year. Oh, wow. Which is pretty exciting. I've been keeping track. We will be talking to you next week with two movies that we well peter has has picked out but <laughs> that you are not going to know ahead of time what we have planned on watching which is really exciting yeah i'm happy to be getting back into this we've been talking about we had a lot of fun going to the theater a lot as we were trying to get all of these oscars movies in but now there are so many movies to stream that we've been really excited about that we can get to so we're excited to just kind of dive deep into that Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you.